Welcome to the Outcast. The Outcast is the Outriders MK's 40k gaming podcast. Here to bring you the latest news, reviews, and stuff from the committee. I'm your host, Chris Riley, and with me tonight, I have James Hulahoop Taylor. Hello. And the saltiest man on the planet, Mr. Anthony Lone. Hello. Okay, Outriders, we've had some big news. So, we're already the home of one more Simply the best. And now, joining Mr. Hulu is two more heroes, Mr. Anthony Lowe and Simon Rook. Congratulations hey. to you both. Obviously, Thank you Simon's very much, today. Uh, And how, how's it feel? How's it feel to finally be a hero? It's really weird in a good way, is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, really strange. It's nice to know that what we do is appreciated by people. Um, and more importantly, it's... Probably the best thing about it is that James is now a has-been. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic for you guys. I honestly could not be happier for you both. Uh, what you did last year for the, the charity stuff was incredible. And I'm so glad that they've rewarded you for it. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, feel- to be honest, there's several members of the club that, you know, all, all saw... You know that it was such a good thing that they wanted to vote for you for it, and eventually it sort of paid off for both of you. Yeah, I mean, like we didn't do it to win awards or anything. Like it was, it was done for charity, you know, for a good cause. Um, and a little bit of a heads up, uh, watch out for July because we're doing it again. Nice. Although, <laughs> although I, I did hear a little rumor um, that Simon did do it for the he, he's been working on an effigy of James right for such a long time. Um, and the only way to get his James effigy more Jamesy was to get a Warhammer Hero t-shirt and medal to put on it. Um, and the only way he could get one of those is either mug James or win one. So I think he went with the I, option of winning one. Yeah, I've heard that rumour as well. How true it is. <laughs> uh, so I should explain for those that are probably really confused as to what's going on in this conversation. Um, I was given a Hero Award back in 2018 and Simon, who is one of the other members of the management team at the club, has been strangely obsessed with me since then. Um, and he was strangely obsessed with you before then. He probably was, yeah. Just um, more so after. Yeah, we're, we're just good friends. I just want to stress that. Yes, good <laughs> friends. Uh, just good friends. Um, so now he obviously, him and, and Anstey, very deservingly have got a Warhammer Heroes Award. So their name will go onto the Wall of Heroes at Warhammer World. If you go there, it's just by the... It's in the bar near the toilets on the wall. There's little little bronze shields with people's names on it. And they get a T-shirt and a medal, I believe. And I cannot wait for Simon and me to be touching medals together. That'll be quite a moment. <laughs> so uh, for 2020, we're going to be releasing a semi-nude Outrider Hero calendar, right? Uh, or you no, guys I don't think that uh, my physique would allow me to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think, I think it, on a serious note, as chairman of the club, I have to say I'm immensely proud that we've got three Warhammer heroes in, in our ranks because we're only a small club. And no, to have that, club. yeah, to have that concentration, you think about some of the gaming clubs around the world, it's a pretty big claim to fame for us to have three Warhammer heroes within our 320, whatever it is, people now. I think that's, yeah, that's amazing. That's really amazing. 
and I hope it continues. Yeah, well, we keep growing, keep getting bigger. Yeah, we do. Yeah, every day, yeah. Every other day we see invites, don't we? So hopefully this podcast will help people to learn who we are and, and where we come from. We ought to do an episode on that one day, actually, and, and talk about the club and where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, congratulations again, guys. Um, you know, and hope you enjoy your medals, T-shirts and your meals. So tonight, we're going to start by chat about the most recent Outriders tournament, the Classic. Um, so, guys, how did it go? It was Do you different. Want to start? <laughs> <laughs> different how? It was just different. So different. What, what made it different, mate? What made it different? One attachment really mixes things up more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, solo detachment just loses a lot of the soups because um, you can't. Yeah. Uh, but it gives some interesting army list. So, so both, both of you guys are playing, right? So, so and are you happy to give us a rundown of your game? Yeah, well, uh, so I played uh, Necrons round one. Um, Chap was using move and firing all these heavy weapons without penalty and stuff. Um, quite an interesting game. Um, lots of invulnerable saves everywhere, but uh, I was using my Grot Revolution, so after a while, nice. just hordes and hordes of Grots, he just couldn't do anything really, it was board control. Uh, game two, I played against a very elitist um, Death Guard army, uh, with two Leviathan Dreadnoughts that just didn't want to stay on the table very long, um, unfortunately for him, and then I had to play our resident Shark round three. Ooh, yeah, it was a very tactical game, um, yeah. backwards and forwards. But in the end, he finally managed to get in and just tie me up in a corner. So that was my game over, really. Oh dear! But that netted the shark the win, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, had the, he won overall. So yeah, and and you didn't do too badly either. You come third. Yeah, I ended up third in that one. No, that's pretty good. Congratulations, buddy. Um, James. Yes. So I was running a Necron Battalion, um, which was Saltech, and my list was I had an Overlord, uh, a Cryptech, who was my Warlord, with the uh, cloak that allows me to teleport across the board. I had three units of five Immortals, uh, five Destroyers, five Bikes with Tesla, and three Doomsday Arcs. And my first game was against uh, John Greenhood, so a long-time member of the club, and he was running Space Marines, and I think it was Iron Hands, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, John, John was pretty confident. He'd wanted to play me. Apparently, I was called out on Discord uh, a couple of days before. Um, oh, I didn't fine. know this. Yeah, so uh, so John did what John does best and completely f- um, fucked it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he uh, yeah, sat in a corner. And got shot at by Doomsday Arcs for three turns. Uh, I sort of jumped around the board claiming objectives and uh, on our rubric scoring thing, I 20-0'd him. I think the score was 28-1 to or something like that. Uh, So that was a big mistake from my part because my reward for beating John was to play the shark, Mr. Paul Oh, that name again. (laughs) Which was very, very difficult because he had 150 demonettes. Uh, on the board, and I had very little anti-horde. So, 
I did, I did, I, you know, Paul did thrash me. I think he was 25 points in the lead by the end of the game. Wow. Um, but I had killed almost his entire army. Um, unfortunately, he had board control for five full turns before I could push out. Well, so, I'm surprised with that amount of model. There was nothing I could do. I sat in the corners and he very wisely gave me first turn uh, to try and bait me. Um, and I kind of fell for it. I shunted my bikes a bit too far forward. Uh, and he made the charge and just obliterated them uh, annoyingly. Uh, I thought I'd placed them far enough away to be safe, but it wasn't quite true. Uh, and after that, I just sat in the corners and just tried to double castle him, which did work. Tactically, it did work. But just unfortunately, the objectives he had were very kind and the objective I had were not so kind. So that's a lesson for deck building as well. Yeah. Uh, and then in my third game, I played uh, Matt Barber, who've already right. played this year. Uh, Matt runs Orcs. And I played him at the patrol earlier this year. And very similar list at the Classic. He was running uh, Shock Attack Gun, which was amazing. Uh, he had a couple of trucks with the rollers on the front. Not trucks, uh, what are they called? Battle Wagons? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he had some helicopters, some boys, some grots, uh, and some looters. And the game was really close. Uh, he was actually winning until our final turn when I just managed to basically table him. He had like two units left in the corners. Uh, was he a and... horde? Sorry? Was he a horde? Uh, he wasn't a horde, no. I think, he had, I think he had one big unit of boys and a couple of small units of boys. Um, so it wasn't anything that I, I, I nuked him pretty quick with the Tesla. And even when they respawned, I nuked him again. So it wasn't that wasn't the problem. The issue I had was the battle wagons. Right. Uh, I just I just couldn't kill the uh, battle wagons, and the shock attack gun was amazing. Yeah, I was, was going to say those shock attack guns. Whenever I see one of those, I <laughs> just run for the. Yeah, I did. I did outflank it uh, with my redeploy from the deceiver, which I forgot to mention I had. Uh, oh, okay. So I, I shunted my destroyers to my right flank, along with some infantry and a ghost arc and just basically the building his shock attack gun was on the top of this tall ruin with grots all underneath it and i just spent three turns clearing the grots before i managed to get the bikes to take out the shock attack gun but it had done its work by then really so you know what the- i've beaten by a point but it was a really good guy to play yeah we had well, one major problem with his list what was that, what was that mate? Grots. none of grots he had a lot of grots he had an awful lot of grots I think I was running a to- I think I had 208 on 208 grots I was running wow how, how do you find having that amount of models on the board it's actually it, it's not too bad um, see my, my grot army is very much an artillery based army right so I don't really do a huge amount of moving um, so I'm quite lucky in that respect. I guess uh, I'll smash some stuff early on, and then I'll chance to get objectives in more space, right? Yeah, and pretty much I uh, <coughs> take a weird boy um, spellcaster. So what my, what his job is? Literally, his only job is to d- jump blobs of thirty and twenty five grots across the table, um, and they're actually quite effective in large numbers. But that's the only way they're good. Cool. So, one last thing before we do the rundown of the final result. Um, was there any controversy on the day? Did it actually go nice and smoothly? No, this isn't the LVO. It was all calm. 
awesome. It was we, uh, we very we very very rarely have problems at events. I think in the years that I've run them, I think we've had two incidents, um, and they were years and years ago. Yeah, it's very it's very unusual to have problems at events nowadays. Everyone, as you as you know, Chris, being a member of the club, it's it's sort of a mates club now, and Absolutely. everyone gets on. And it's very rare that people can't sort things out for themselves without yeah, yeah. you know. That and everyone on the right? Well, you've got to remember as well that the aunt is always at the store and, and Carl's there a lot as well. So there's always, you know, and senior members of the club, you know, Paul, yeah. Anthony Gale, yourself, myself, always there. So there's always people on hand to offer advice if, there's, if people aren't sure about rules. And it's quite a chilled out place to be. So we don't have problems. No, awesome. So we as the uh, TO for the day, would you do the honor of business the final results run down? Uh, yeah, so we had 16 in total uh, players, which is really good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so we had Tom Quambro, um, who was new to the event, so I've never seen him before. Um, he had the strongest shoulders of all, holding us all up. Um, John Greenhood with his iron hands list was down in 15th. Um, uh then we had James Luce with his Orcs, who ended up in 15th, uh, 14th. Uh, Peter Slynn brought uh, some Imperial Fists, I believe. Um, right in 13th. Alfred Gale had a good showing uh, with his Ultramarines. He did really well. He did really, yeah. really well. Is, is yeah. this his first he had a really... uh, tournament? For the, uh... I think it was, yeah. I think yeah. it was his first one, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> It's also said that um, Alfie Gale could have probably taken the shark with the amount of firepower he had. <laughs> Paul did say he was one of the list that he was scared of. Yep. Uh, then we had uh, Ashley Langford, uh, who again was running Orcs again. Uh, then we have my favourite player of the tournament, which was Mikey Hollis, otherwise known as SpongeBob Mikey Pants. <laughs> uh, did really well. Um, came... Um, mid table with our very own uh, James Hula Hoop Taylor. Um, so, so why, why, why uh, SpongeBob Mikey Pat? Uh, because of the turn two tackling of Matt Slynn, aka Plankton. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, so um, James, you only beat Mikey on victory point difference. That's that's not surprising. I, I mean, I did get 20 owed by Paul so it's not um uh it's you're not, not alone <laughs> it's very difficult to beat him as as people will find out through the series of podcasts we produce I'm sure there's a reason yeah. we called him the shark um back back <laughs> in uh, the days at Luton we used to call him fluffy because rather than saying oh my arm is rubbish he used to say oh it's very fluffy <laughs> and still absolute special yeah his by the way his like 300 talos <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> So that we had Matt Barber, who again was running uh, Orcs, uh, who we spoke about earlier. Um, really good show, first showing again for uh, a new another newcomer, which is Bob Smith or Craig Scottney. Um, he had a really good showing actually. Um, again, four he was only two points above you, James. Like there was like one point separating Ashley, Mikey. Oh, there's a couple of points that separate from Ashley and 40 points all the way up to John Baxter at 44 points. 
um, who actually came just above Bob's uh, Bob Smith, aka Craig Scottney. Uh, John Baxter was the one running the double Leviathan um, Death Guard list. Um, he got beaten uh, by Anthony Gale, who again actually brought Death Guard, so he steered away from his demons for a change. Did he? I did not see that on the day. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed himself. Yeah, he enjoyed playing Death Guard again because he hasn't played him for a little while. I think he's getting tired, isn't he, of, of um, Poxwalkers, not Poxwalkers, Plague Bearers. Yeah. Uh, just, just the lack of damage output they have. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing then... is, they're not there to do damage, are they? They're there to survive annoyingly. Um, yeah. yeah, but they, yeah. they don't. <laughs> that's the problem. They don't. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think that's, again, that's where Space Marines are coming to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, just above Anthony Gale in fourth <clears throat> place was Plankton, a.k.a. Matt Flynn. Plankton. Um, with his... Uh, he, he obviously went right back to his robot wife. <laughs> the, uh, Centurion Devastator Raven Wing. Uh, Raven Guard. Um, and then I snuck into third with 49 points. Congrats. It's the uh, World Revolution, man. With the Revolution. Uh, and then we had our very own uh, Natalie Chambers. Uh, <laughs> Only on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Cl- uh, more commonly known as Ken. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ken, that's like Mikey in the, last, in the last game of the day as well. So Mikey was well up there. Um, but Ken just controlled the board against him and uh, seized the initiative and the game was over quite swiftly, I believe. Oh, man, that's unfortunate for Mikey. Uh, I remember he did say the... Uh... Grey Knights were hell against these obliterators. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I finished on 49. Ken points. Ken finished on 67 points. And the Shark, Paul Hart, finished on a massive 74 points. Out of 80. I just want to say the scoring's out of 80. So he did really, really well. Yeah, almost, yeah I mean... Almost a perfect day for him. Yeah, I mean, just looking at um, Simon, I remember he put a post up, he said that's like nine on three perfect game. Um, yeah. Good hobby, sportsman, and painting. I mean, so he that... dropped one point for painting because he was only battle ready, not parade ready. And the sportsman scores, he had one person give him a three, one person give him a one, and one person give him a two. Wow. So that's literally his six points missing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was it, yeah. He, I think it's worth pointing out as well, based on what you've just said, if memory serves, there was five or six Marine lists on yep. the day. Yeah. And, and when, you know, you're hearing on the um, Frontline Gaming podcast, is it Stat Sensor and Art of War? They're yeah, talking yeah. like 25% of the field is Space Marines at LVO, uh, which we've obviously had reflected in our in our local tournaments. But the top three, we've got Demonettes, which were first. Uh, Ken was playing Grey Knights, I believe, in yeah. second. And then, yeah, and obviously with Orcs in third. So our meta doesn't reflect the uh, worldwide meta. So obviously we're all terrible. Well, <laughs> like well, you know what? You know what? The, the, the other observation to make, right, is, yeah, there's like one or two odd lists, like Demon X and Orcs and stuff. And um, not Orcs, uh, Grey Knights. But when you look at the, you know, the amount of lists that we had there, most of them, we had about 50%, like almost 50, 50 uh, Space Marines, and then loads of Orcs. Why is so many Orcs yeah. players, do you think? Because they've heard about the revolution, they know it's best. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Simon's run them for a very long time. That's that's his primary armory. Matt Barber, I don't know enough about, but that seems to, 
Yeah, exactly. And and Ant's obviously been promising promising us this quite revolution for about six months. Yeah. So you know, it was nice to see so many. It's nice to see so many Xenos. You yeah, know. yeah, it is, it is. It's refreshing. Yeah, absolutely it is, yeah. Although maybe next time they're mixed in the little towel or something, maybe. I don't know. No, no, no. You can keep your fish. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Guys, that sounds like a brilliant event. Um, do we know when the next one's going to be? Uh, the dates are up on our Facebook page, so everybody should have access to them. Um, so the next one is on the uh, 2nd, uh, 4th of April, sorry, Saturday the 4th of April. Nice. Sweet. We're still deciding the format of that one, aren't we? So as soon as we know, uh, we'll let everyone else know. Yeah, we normally get rules packs out fairly quickly, but we've um, this year we're just sort of struggling to assign stuff um, to people. So we should get it out, I would think, probably within a week or so. It's currently yeah. the 5th of February, so I would think it should be out probably by Valentine's Day. Oh, um, yeah, I would like to think it would be. But if anybody actually listening wants to know what dates the events are going to be held this year, all of the rest of the events, into, including December's, are up on our Facebook page under the events tab. And you can go and have a look. Um, and then you can work out when you're going to be able to make it and when you're not. Yeah. And if you're not part of the Outriders and you want to know where we are, we're on Facebook as the Outriders MK. Yeah. Cool. We're also, they're also all linked up to the War Games Workshop Facebook page. And the War Games Workshop um, internet website. Well, cool. guys, right, let's take a quick interval and then we'll come back in and have a little bit of speculation about the Outriders Cup. We're back. So, in this section, we're going to be talking about the Outriders Cup. Um, everyone's finished their game ones now in their group stages. Um, we're going to have a quick rundown of the group and have a little bit of speculation as to how it's looking after game one. You know, is it to be expected? Was there any upsets? Um, and then potentially look at, you know, what's in store for February's game two. So, so do, you wanna, to... do you want to talk about the format of the cup for those that don't know what it is? Yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, feel free, dive in, dive in. Hey, okay, I thought you wanted to do it as host, but I'll happily do it if you want me to. No, um, dive in, mate. So the Outriders runs leagues and single day tournaments. And one thing that we've brought in for 2020 uh, is a brand new competition, which is the Outriders Cup. Uh, so what we've done, this is a free to enter event uh, where we've got eight groups, uh, which are labeled A through H. If you go on the Outriders web page and look under, uh, I think it's under announcements, the cup information is there. And there are four players in each group. Uh, so that's 32, 36, something like that. Uh, players who are entered for free and it works the same as the world cup format so you have the top two players will go through to the knockout rounds and the bottom two players from each group will be eliminated and at the end of the season the last player standing will be crowned as uh, cup winners uh, and get their name on a little uh, trophy that's to be kept at war games workshop in milton kings sweet no that's, that's awesome all right the best thing about that is it's free Free, we love free. <laughs> yeah, free is nothing. Apart from maybe some dignity. <laughs> um, which actually, talking of uh, Group A, right? So, Group A stand-ins after Game 1. Mr. Hula Hoop, you're number one. Um, yeah. Followed by Simon Rook, Jack mm-hmm. Cole and Mark Lanster. 
Um, so, so you know, you're, you're in that group. How, how do you how do your game go? Uh, so I've played two games now. Um, my first game was against Michael Anstead, who used to run Saxon Games at Bedford. So he's a really, really nice guy, but a quite a good player as well. Uh, and he was running, I think it was Chaos, and I want to say he had Havocs uh, and a load of Dreadnoughts. Yeah, um, he was running yeah, uh, it was Alpha Legion, sorry, was that Ant? Yeah, Alpha Legion. Yeah, so yeah, I, I played him with a, a standard Necron list at 2k. <laughs> yeah, Necrons, yeah. And managed to drop a Mortal Wound Bomb in the little castle where all his units were and failed to hit absolutely everything except for the one unit of Havocs that he had declared were untargetable and I managed to kill them uh, wow. on the first turn. Uh, and unfortunately for him, because of my redeployments, I'd got uh, a couple of Doomsday Arcs right into the middle of his deployment zone. Uh, it was Dawn of War deployment zone. So they're right in the middle, you know, a couple of inches from his board edge. And they just sat there with line of sight to everything and just absolutely had a great time, uh, to be honest with you. So that it went really badly for him because I had first turn. And then uh, I believe Simon went on to beat Jack Cole, who yeah. I don't actually know Jack. I've never met him. Uh, looking okay. forward to playing him. But Simon, we know, is very loud and very annoying. Uh, he won nineteen thirteen. Uh, so those were our round one games in January. And then in February, uh, Simon's been hounding me for my game versus him because we've been drawn in the same group. Uh, and we played yesterday. Uh, so that was the fourth. Yeah, you still there, Chris? Hello? Yeah, can you still hear me? Yeah, sorry. Can I have for a second? Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, I'm still here. I can still hear you. Cool. Um, so yeah, on the 4th of February, uh, Simon and I played at the store. Simon, as you might have noticed online, was quite loud that he was going to win. And this is going to be the match of all time. And you've probably noticed since yesterday, he hasn't posted up about it. So yeah, been very quiet. Yeah. Well, that's because he lost. Uh, so Simon and I played a fantastic game um, where he took his orcs with battle wagons and loads of buggies with flamers and shock attack guns and things like that and yeah and uh, shock yeah all that zap guns all that kind of stuff and unfortunately for Simon um, I treated them like Daleks and I sat on the top of all the ruins and he just drove around the bottom getting more and more frustrated uh, so <laughs> I sat up there with half the objectives, just scoring relentlessly and just picking him off. Uh, it was a really, good, it was a really close game actually until turn four when he ran out of models and I just started farming points, and I was wow. on every objective at that point. So it, it swung massively, but fair play to him. He put up a hell of a fight given that he couldn't charge me for four turns. So <laughs> it wasn't till his death throws that he managed to get a couple of units in, but it was too late by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So currently, I am top of Group A on uh, six points with a victory point difference of 21. Simon is in second on three points uh, with a victory point difference of minus four. So he's quite a long way behind now. And then Jack is on minus six and Michael is on minus 11. Both have no points. And I personally think uh, Michael has got a pretty decent chance now. If he beats Jack, I think he might beat Simon as well, actually. Ooh, I've just got yeah. a sneaky feeling that Michael might beat Simon and that'll be Simon knocked out of the cup, which would make my day. Jack Cole's actually not a bad little player. Um, I say little player because we just don't know much about him, but I've seen him play a few games and he could also be quite a dark horse in this. So I think that I think their game this month will be who, uh, who, who could pip Simon. 
yeah, I, I have to admit, I'm going to be watching that with a real intent. Um, because Paul texted me after my I posted the result and said, "Oh, congratulations, you've uh, you've qualified." And I was thinking, "Well, I haven't because if if Michael wins his next two games, um, you know, it's it's still possible I could get caught if Simon wins mm. his last one as well. So it's still it's still to play for in this group." Yeah, it's just very early days. We're only one game deep. So, There's only three know, games in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Group B. Group B, top of Group B, we've got uh, Bob Smith, followed by Louis Goldsborough. Oh, I think he was sitting top for a little while, obviously, until the second game got played. Um, Matt Slynn and Sam Bolt in that order. So, Bob and Lewis got the uh, win. I know Lewis plays Matt. Um, yeah, Matt, obviously, he's, he's been sort of rising. Um, as one of the stronger players in the club, especially over the last couple of like, leagues and events, he's been sort of placing. Well, he's an ex league champion, isn't he? One league season nine. Uh, yeah. only, only last uh, last summer he was league champion. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a big deal, yeah. man. He's beat Max Lynn. Yeah, I don't know much about Lewis actually, but I, I keep seeing his name um, in league tables and on things when he's always at the top. Uh, I've never actually played him, but he. You know, on paper, he's looking like quite a decent player. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's quite he's quite a cagey player. He plays um, he plays custodies. He's quite a cagey player, and he does uh, he has gone to the um, London GT and stuff. So, um, and he was actually on stream as well at one point. Nice. Oh, brilliant! So, knows his stuff. Cool. So, not I'm not I'm not shocked that he beat Matt, what? but. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. But they faced off in big game, didn't they? Yeah. I, I wonder if... Uh, and Matt beat him then, so I wonder if he learned from that lesson and uh, picked up on how to beat Matt the next time they played. Yeah, what, what, can you, what can you tell us about Bob Smith? This, uh, this is a person I don't know at all. No, I'm, I'm not uh, aware of him. Okay, so Bob Smith or... Um, <coughs> he's got like two names, which is Bob Smith and Craig Scottney. Right. He's a nice chap. He's been a regular at the store for quite a while. Um, and I haven't really seen him play, but I know he's got quite a few options in different armies. Um, so he's obviously played somewhere else previously until he moved to the area. So I'm hoping to get a, to watch a couple of his games because I haven't had a chance to see him in action. Um, but again, could end up being a bit of a dark horse. You know, uh, he beat Sam Bowles, who's... A nice enough guy, but he's not exactly a pushover. He's he was Division Two guy last season, so okay, it'd be worth I'll... keeping a lookout. Yeah, I was, I was, going, I was going to ask about him. What does Sam play? So he's been playing some Gene Steeler Colt recently. Oh, okay, he does have normal nids as well, which is his uh, preferred love. Cool. So um, actually, for his uh, February fixture, he's placing Max Lynn. Yeah, um, that's a big game. Lewis is playing Bob Smith. Yeah, that could be interesting. Did uh, make it or break it for Matt? Yeah, it could be. Well, right, if you lose awkward. two, you're not getting promoted. So that that could be a huge shock if Sam beats Matt. Huge shock. Yeah. I don't think uh, I would actually predict that that's what's going to happen. Would you? Because I don't think. Yeah, because I don't think that Matt will know how to play against Gene Steeler Colt. That's that's a bold and prediction. I it's a very bold prediction, yeah. I would not be surprised if that's what happens. 
it tends to the Colts are in a funny position, especially since the new Green Codex draft. A lot of their tricks into, you know, obscurity. Um, you know, and, and also really- to play against the Colts, well, you to pilot them, um, you got to be very sort of, like, very, very sort of highly um, skilled player. So, you know, they're not without the challenges. I mean, I played Sam Bowles here in this year in the um, in the league, um, and he very nearly beat me. Like he's not he's not a bad player at all. Um, but when you think about Matt's list, Matt doesn't have any of the doesn't use any of the marine tricks that stop Gene Steeler Colt. So he could end up with a very right. very tough game. Isn't the marine trick just to stand in a big bubble and put out three thousand bolt shots a turn? No, it's things like the Eliminators so that he can't get in with his um, stupid deep strike. Oh, right, stuff. okay. Oh, um, you, you mean infiltrating? He could be in a... Yeah, stand in a big bubble and put up as a shot. And we all know what the lamppost, uh, the stop signs are like. Mm. Um, and they'll quite happily yeah. make a Centurion Devastators. Yeah, that's sweet. All right, should we move on to Group C? Mm-hmm. Right, so Group C, sitting at the top, is our very own... James Lake, uh, yeah. closely followed by Peter Flynn, uh, then Kevin Woodward and Matthew Barber. It looks like James uh, faced off uh, against Matthew Barber. Um, would, was, would that be an awkward or? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an awkward interesting. Was that squig off versus boys by any chance? Pretty much. Yeah, I know that J- James Lake has run uh, a very well endowed squig off the last couple of times I've played him. <laughs> Which has been immensely fun to play against, actually, because you can kill it really quickly. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is a great model. It's lovely to see that sort of thing on the board. Yeah, yeah I have to say, one of my favourite players actually is in this, and that's Peter Slynn. Um, I'm yeah. a big fan, actually, of Pete. He always takes stuff that's fun, um, which is nice to see as well. And he's just so much fun to play. And I'm really, he's becoming quite a decent little player as well. Um, I noticed on here he's beaten Kevin by a single point. He only needs one more win wow. now. Uh, to, and he's, what, he's, what would, um, what, what, what faction was he running? Do you know? I haven't a clue. <laughs> I haven't a clue. But <laughs> I, I imagine it was his fists. Yeah. What about Kevin then? Do you know anything about Kevin Woodward? Yeah, I know quite a bit about Kevin Woodward, actually. Uh, so there's um, there's another player we'll come to later, and they play together quite a lot. Um, they're regulars. Um, he's got he's been he's been playing GW games for years, um, but he's got a lot of all sorts. Again, right. never quite sure what he's going to turn up with, which is quite nice. Interesting, because it really keeps things mixed up. Yeah, yeah. catch people off guard. Yeah, so that's quite an interesting one. So people people do message me and go, "Oh, what's so and so running? What's so and so running?" It's like I can't tell you. I don't know. Um, but I believe he was running his cow last in his last game. He started. He's been playing cow quite a lot recently. Good man. Um, double riptide spam. <laughs> Just double. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. So February. Um. We're looking at yeah, James Lake facing off against Peter Slim. That could be a good yeah, game. Yeah, first against second. That yeah. is going to be a good game. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that's probably the case in 
almost all the groups apart from Group G this this month. Um, first against second, so that could cause a few upsets. Mm. Um, also, the other matchup out of that group is Matt Barber against Kevin Woodward. Yeah, Matt's a player I've got enormous respect for, having played him twice in relatively quick succession. Uh, he was virtually unknown to me, if I'm being honest, uh, when I played him at the patrol, but I enjoyed playing him immensely. I think I gave him favourite game vote uh, mm. on Saturday because I really enjoyed playing against him. His orcs, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a standard orc list either. It's got a few different things in it. Um, and he plays it really well, really, really smart. I think with a bit more experience in our meta and a bit more confidence, he could be quite dangerous as well. Yep. I really do think that. So cool. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he if he starts picking up points um, in this group. Uh, it, it, no, well, his, his arm has got... He luck. can get board control. That's the thing. He's got the model count to do it. And it, it's got enough to shoot. It's got enough to fight. The only thing it's really lacking is um, just the movement speed. I mean, I think he has to jump. He had to jump at the Classic, so I assume he's running it uh, more often than not. Um, but he would... It's jumping yeah. For an orc, yeah, yeah, it is standard, you're right. But he was using it on Grotz, which I've never seen anyone do. Um, on Grotz? Yeah, seriously, he was using <laughs> it on Grotz to go and grab objectives. Um, and just to be annoying, to be honest with them, and it really was. Because I, when I played him, I had to keep diverting resources to deal with these little units of Grotz. Um, yeah, to be fair, they must, must be really annoying to deal with. Like you say, because they're so small. Yeah. I'd, they can sort of hide behind Grotz. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. Uh, they're so small and they're just you don't really want to waste shots dealing with them, but you have to if they're stood on objectives. So, Yeah. Mm. I'll wow. predict for this one is I'm going to go with Peter beating James and Matt Barber beating Kev Woodward. Interesting. You know what? I, I, hmm. That's a tough one. I think Peter's got enough firepower to deal with the Orc boys if James Lake brings Orc boys again. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Kev Woodward really has ever not from my knowledge knows how to deal with like the sort of horde that Matt's going to bring right okay moving on to group D so group D top of the board is Stephen Cutler uh, closely followed by Dean Hankin John Baxter and Alex Lewis yeah I, I'd probably argue this is the group of death I'm just saying <laughs> yeah yeah Stephen Cutler's very dangerous Dean can be hit and miss but He's been out of it for a while, but he, his list can do a lot of damage. And John uh, ran away with Division 5 last year as well, and he, he knows what he's doing. I played John recently and Dean. Uh, both are very competent. So John's uh, Stephen's brother, Norris. That's right? correct, yeah. 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 Mm. So now I, so, I, uh, I think Stephen... Sorry, yeah. I think Stephen Butler's going to run away with that game, that that division. Yeah, I mean he's facing up against Dean um, this month, so that will definitely be interesting. Um, Stephen's obviously running uh, big custodians mm. with um, Lock up to the grab tank. Um, I faced that just the other night, Monday night, and it's a horrendous list. But it's thankfully I went first against it, but I wouldn't like to be on the receiving end. Of it. Yeah, it puts out a lot of damage, doesn't it? The thing is though that Dean Dean's got a lot of firepower as well. Um, the key at, Space Marine, yeah, well, it's Crimson Fist Marines, so they all explode on fives. And uh, Dean's only real weakness is that you can just stand out of range, <laughs> which is what I did when yeah, I played yeah, him, and he just uh, walked 
his first home was just about going for a stroll. <laughs> so, Funny. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, I mean, I'd, I'd probably go with Dean in that matchup, I reckon. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count Dean out. He, he's, very, he's very competent, Dean is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Well, what about the uh, John Baxter, Alex Lewis? I don't know anything about Alex Lewis. No, neither do I. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the very, very few names I don't know. I can't Interesting. So we have a wild card. Yeah. I don't know anything about I him. I mean, the thing is, to, to lose to Stephen Cutler in game one, in, don't, don't get me wrong, it's unsurprising because of the type of you can run. But uh, let's not count Alex Howard. No, we have no. We we don't know exactly what I think Stephen Cutler, his army is custodes. Are they so rare, custodes in the Outriders meta, and he plays them so well. He is capable. I think he is genuinely capable of beating any of us. To be honest, yeah, I yeah. honestly think he could sit in Division One and be fairly comfortable there. Um, oh, absolutely. So he he is very dangerous. But I've seen Dean do some incredible things at times as well. So. It's going to be, yeah. Dino's got this. <laughs> Dino's got this. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, group no. E. And this is your group. So so you're currently sitting at the top. Um, followed by Ken Chambers, uh, Jim David and Mikey Hollis. Um, so your first game was against Jim David. How that? Uh, it was really interesting. Really good game. Really nice chap. Um, <clears throat> some... Just a lot of people have said that this is actually what they think is the group of death um, out of the out of all the groups, and I was like, it sort of is, and I'm I'm happy to be in this group, and I'm gonna have like a, a really good game against Jin David. I expected him to turn up with his Primaris Marine list because that's what he's been running. So I I was a little like I tried to tailor my list for it, and then he turned up with guard. Oh, um, but. I felt a little bit bad because he had obviously never come up against what Magnus can do with somebody who knows how to use him. And I took my Magnus with me. Right. And I just he just left him alone and just ran rough shot all over him. Like the game was overturned too. He just left Magnus alone, didn't even try and target him. Uh, Magnus just went and carved him up, unfortunately. Um wow. but nice nice lovely lovely chap. He's very competent, he sort of knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. He's going to have a really good game. I think uh, his game against Mikey Hollis this month is going to be a really good game. Um, I'm sure they're going to enjoy themselves. Um, yeah. But you know, I've got the hard one this month. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I would it. probably argue that Ken's favourite to win the whole thing. That the cup over. Correct. I think he will. He he will okay. be very close to the end, if not. If not champion, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, that. I can't disagree with that. Like, I think it's for for this for my group here with Ken and Mikey and Jim. It's pretty much we're playing to get into the knockout stages for yeah. second place group. Yeah, I think unfortunately yeah. for you, you're playing Ken at the exact wrong time as well, because Ken obviously is a big Grey Knight player, has played them regularly throughout all the editions. <laughs> they've been around and they've just had a massive boost um, with the cyclic awakening stuff and it's unfortunate for you that you're playing him around two and not round one because uh, that yeah well <laughs> the thing is we've been garbage for so long they needed to have something 
Yeah, they did. Mm. Yeah, he was very dangerous with them when they were garbage. That's the problem. <laughs> well, well, just look how dangerous he is, right? So, so we know Mikey's been smash matched in, right? Yeah, with all the obliterate. I face yeah. Mikey, and I know what those obliterate do. They wipe my Catherine destroyers out without even trying. Um, but then you look at like Ken's result against it. This is before Grey Knights have even had their buff, you know. So, so Ken's scoring what twenty-three to five, um, and. Again, like I think I touched on it in the um, in, in the classic discussion. Um, Mike just got hurt by those great nights, Mike, against Demons. Yeah. So I've got... Let me get the sheets. I've got the sheets here in front of me. So Mikey versus Ken at the weekend. Ken beat Mikey 28-7. to 7. Yeah, so it's roughly in wow. line to what their cup score was. It was 23-5. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so you... the other game, obviously, uh, you got you can and then the other game that is Mikey versus Jim. So, what, what do we feel about that one? From my experience, I would give the edge to Mikey. If if they yeah. they did they weren't going to change their lists, I would give the edge to Mikey. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, group F. Group F is my group. So I'm currently sitting at the top of it, uh, followed by Ashley Dankford, um, then Matt Weil and Kieran Saunders. Um, so in January, Ashley Dankford and Matt Weil faced off. I don't really know Matt, but Ashley, um, I've been talking to a lot through the mentorship program. He is coming up deep around and he's doing really well recently. Um, so he got a nice big score of 25 to 4. Um, I think he was using that game. I think it was his cactus. Again, obliterated. Obliterated are horrendous. Um, and then my game, um, I faced Kieran Saunders. Kieran brought um, the town nasty Gremsey supported by a storm surge. Now, the problem with the two big models, like two big laws of war in town, um, I mean, they just got blown off the board straight away. Um, so, so, me. Rather than running my towel, I used it as a I actually took them off the paint table for a bit. Um, and that kind of worked in my favour because I could just focus down the model and it kind of put him on the back foot for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, so, February, I'm going to be facing Ashley and Kieran's going to be facing Matt. What do you guys think to that? Um, I, I've played Matt while. Um, Okay. I like the guy. I don't know that he's got the experience, if I'm honest. Um, he definitely plays in the spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think last time I played him, he was playing Necrons as well. Um, right. Uh, he's got so many armies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his league performances suggest that maybe he's not getting the most out of his armies. Um, he's not... The thing is, as well, from what I remember playing, he's, he's not incapable... You know, he's competent. Um, but you'd have to wonder, you know, it's going to take a big swing of fortunes uh, to get from a minus 21 VP difference to qualify from that group. And and particularly when you've scored, Chris, you've scored the biggest win of round one as well and, and actually won by a huge margin as well. So not only has, yeah, has yeah. Matt now got to win two games, but he's got to claw back almost 40 points. 
as well. Same for Kieran. Yeah, it's it's going to be very lot. difficult to do. Yeah. Um, little known fact, uh, actually, about Matt. Matt Weil is the person in the Outriders I've known longer than anybody else. Really? Um, back in the day, um, I used to be a huge blood bowl player. Um, toured UK and a little bit of Europe doing blood bowl tournaments and playing in the tournament scene. Um, and actually, he played blood bowl. So I've actually known him for donkeys. Wow. Wow. Um, moving on to Group G. So Group G is headed up by Ben Pinches, uh, followed by Neil Bryant, uh, then Richard Austin, then Oliver Page. Um, so Ben faced off against Oliver Page. Um, obviously, he did quite well out of it. He won uh, 20 to 13. Yeah. And then Neil obviously went up against Richard, so 21-17. Is, um, is Richard the guy that runs Necrons that was invincible? For a while back yes. in the last day, he's had a real fall from grace, hasn't he? Um, because he, if, if memory serves, he in league season nine went undefeated, yeah, and then he came up to play. and then came up to division two, sort of not really made a mark, and now he's lost a cup game as well. I'm just wondering what's happened there. If, if did he have a run of luck, or you know, I don't know anything about Neil Byron, is he? A, Obviously, Richard's obviously a good player to have put together a string of results. Is Neil quite good? Um, from what I can, Neil is uh, has turned up. He hasn't necessarily been playing that long. But he's, uh, he's been turning up to patrol the last sort of three or four patrol tournaments after getting in, um, and has very very quickly become very competent at the game and understands the ins and outs of it. So he's very he is a very very good tactician. Um, and that is helping him a great deal when it comes to things mm. like this. I mean, that's a big scalp for him. You know, Division yeah. 3 winner. It's a big, big scalp. So I would uh, keep an eye on him. He's going to be one to watch. I think every game he is getting, not even a little bit better, he's getting tremendously better. Every game he plays. So I think he's one to keep an eye on in the whole cup, not just for a game or so. Mm. I think looking at this, I mean, if Ben can, can beat Richard, I don't I'm just trying to think what their league score was. I can't remember. I think Ben, Ben won because Ben did very, very well. Yeah. He got, I mean, Richard will be out for revenge, <laughs> but if Ben wins that, Ben, more or less is through, I would think. Yeah, I can't see. Um... All right, okay. You see the message coming up. Sorry? Apparently, um, Chris has apparently dropped out. Ah, uh, has he? Apparently. Okay, well, we can carry on. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um... But yeah, I I think um, I can't see Ben losing it. Ben is very very good. Um, it's his headset that's died. Yeah, I can't see I can't see Ben losing that game to Richard. Um, 
I think the calibre of players Richard was playing has obviously got a part to do with um, why he was undefeated. But I think he got a very, I think he got a bit of a rude awakening when he uh, came up to Division Two. Because the calibre is a little, like Division One and Two are pretty close in the calibre of players, in my view. I, I don't know that I agree with that, if I'm honest with you, Ant. Um, from, from experience, and this is just my personal opinion, um, but from what I've seen, with the exception of Matt Slynn, there's been a lot of yo-yoing between Division 1 and 2, with people coming up and going down, and Ian Jeffs is an example of that. Um, Ian Jeffs' reason is, I think, slightly different because his life got a hell of a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. He's a league champion. Um, Not disrespecting the guy. Enormously fun to play. Very capable. But he's really struggled in the league. You know, he he stormed Division 2, came up to Division 1, and then went straight back down. Um, Same with Mark Withers. Mark Withers did very well Division 2 and had a pretty poor season uh, last season and went straight back down again. I think... Mm. I think there is a there is a step between every division. Um, oh yeah. I just I just don't know if. Uh... Saying, I, I think I think misunderstanding really. It's not that there's not a difference between divisions. There obviously is. That's why mm. we have division. Um, it's more of the caliber of players in Division One and Division Two are higher than probably what he's used to. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. That's where he's probably he's not quite realised what's going to happen. How good our player base is to a certain degree. Well, if you think about it, we had fifty six players in the league. Uh, to, to be in Division Two, you're in the top third players in the club. Yeah. So you're going from sort of the midway point to the top third. It's going to be a step up. Um, there are some really good players in there as well. So yeah. We're only going to get. Uh, we're only going to get more and more and more. Um, what um, What do you know about Oliver? Oliver Page. Oliver Page, um, very very cagey. He's actually quite good. Quite a good player as well. He's played quite a few player uh, people in the club. Um, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he holds the Nurgle Cup at the moment. Oh, does he? Um, do you want to explain what that is for people listening at home? Yeah, for those who don't know, the Nurgle Cup is something that. Uh, this Simon came up with um, that can only be contested by other Nurgle players to find the best Nurgle player around. Um, and whenever you win it, you have to put a new Nurgling on the base. Um, and currently, I think there's, there's got. To, I think if I'm not mistaken, there's seven or maybe uh, maybe eight people have held the Nurgle Cup so far. It changes hands quite regularly, yeah. but he's the holder of that. Um, he has beaten Simon. He beat Simon for it originally, um, and we know that Simon's very capable. So I don't see it. I, I think it's one we should um, definitely keep our eyes on. Um, again, it could cause quite an upset. I, I love seeing upsets. I mean, one thing I said when they did these groups, um, because for those that don't know, each group was seeded, so you had a, uh, essentially a Division One player uh, would would go into the top pool of players and then would be assigned different groups so you should have a top player and then the next best player then the third best and the fourth best in each group and that should be where people finish um so for example in group a uh that's just probably a bad example actually just pick a group where that everyone was in the league uh 
So let's take group F. Chris's group. Uh, Chris is obviously division one. Uh, Langer's, is he two or three? Uh, oh. I believe he's three, so he might be. I think he's coming up. Yeah, because I didn't. And I, I want to yeah. say that as well. Yeah, Matt Wild, I think, was in four. Um, yeah. And Kieran was, I'm not sure, Kieran must have been lower than that as Kieran. well. He must have been five, I'm guessing. No, I'm sure. No, Kieran was in four because he was in Division Three last year, but Got... had to drop halfway through because of personal things. Yeah, yeah, that might. Okay, that sounds right. So it, so it he... should finish in the order it's in now. Uh, Chris, then Ashley, then Matt, then Kieran. So anything that changes that is a, is an upset. And there's quite a few of these. You can read them if you go back and look, compare these groups to the league tables. You can see where people should be um, based on yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the final group then? Group H. Yep. So Group H is Ian Jeffs, James Luce, Aaron Masters, and Andrew Russell. Um, so James Luke B. Luce beat Aaron Masters twelve to eleven. Tight win. Yeah, tight win. Tight win. And then Ian Jeffs played Andrew Russell and beat him twenty-one five, which was probably to be expected. I, I don't know Andrew, if I'm honest. I don't know anything about the lad. So I do. He was in Division 5 last year. Right. Uh, say, lad, he's a, he's one of our veteran gamers. Um, but he's a lovely bloke. Um, but he actually brought... He normally plays Necrons. Um, and he's got quite a few Necrons. And he's very, very, very capable with them. Um, but he just—he's been working on some Craftworld Eldar as a sort of side project, and he managed to get enough together so he decided to play Craftworld Eldar against Ian Jeffs, who just so happened to have new Dark Angels. Oh, enough said. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) So he picked that up, and that was pretty much the end of that game, to be honest with you. Okay, that Uh, makes sense. So, I mean, Ian on paper should walk this group. Yes, we. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, look, looking at the competition, James. I know. I've. I don't think I've played James. Uh, I don't. I don't yeah. think I've played Lucy, but I. I know he's a fairly capable player. Aaron, I've played recently, and Aaron struggled. If I'm honest, tactically, he's not there yet. He's trying to work it out. Um, and he. He'll get there. He just needs more practice. Yeah, well, it was with his Tempest. I just want to point out, Aaron's capable guy. He's just started playing uh, Custards with uh, Tempestus Scions and he hasn't worked the Scions out. It's quite obvious he's not worked them out. Um, so he pro- he probably will improve. But I do wonder, is he going to get out of that? I don't know. Mm. I don't think he will, to be honest with you. I think Ian Jeffs is quite easily favourite to win that. Group. Yeah, second place is a good shout, though. I honestly couldn't pick that. Um, so I played James Luce uh, this year because he was in Division 2. And he did actually beat me. Um, lots and lots of different reasons, but he he's he's a completely capable player. He's a completely capable player. There's nothing wrong with him. I think James Luce is probably the easy second. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. And I thought he was Division 3, but yeah, if he's Division 2 with a three-point lead... I mean, he is playing Ian Jeffs next, which probably yeah, isn't what he wanted to see. He <laughs> could all get to the head. The thing is, if if Andrew Russell plays his Necrons, um, brings his Necrons back out, there's Andrew Russell could probably 
um, quite easily win his last two games, which is against James Luce and Aaron, if he brings his Necrons out. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap this segment up then, uh, because our host has uh, dropped out through technical issues. So, Okay, and we're back. Sorry about those technical difficulties. Um, so the final sec- segment now, um, we're just going to talk about any announcements from the club. So guys, um, feel free to jump in. Have you got any announcements uh, from the committee? Uh, or hallowed of the committee, after Absolutely. All, as we are sacred ground. Uh, I don't think there is anything at the moment. I mean, a lot of the events are underway for this year. Uh, if you're not familiar with the club, uh, if you're a first-time listener, uh, we're based out of a friendly gaming store called War Games Workshop, which is in Milton Keynes. Uh, we also exist online on Facebook as the Outriders MK. Uh, so come and say hi to us. We play 40k, Sigma, some skirmish stuff that nobody really cares about except for Jeff and Marky, but there are various things around for other people. Um, and yeah, that's it really. We've got loads of events. Come and have a look. Cool. And you've got anything to add? Uh, I'm better than James. I'm a new Warhammer hero than he is. Awesome stuff. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, that's us out. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed the episode. Um, they can give us some feedback on uh, the Facebook page. Um, yeah, and that's it from us. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Good night. Bye. 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 Bye.